following is a Northern State podcasting production. You are listening to the Mind Cruisers podcast. The podcast where we bring mental health out of the darkness and into the light. Follow the light. We'll take you away from your darkest night. I know. I swear. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mind Cruisers podcast. This is your host, Jared Johnson, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Stephanie Dorman. Thanks, Jared. It's exciting to be here, and I am ready to start this podcast about mental health. It's going to be so much fun cruising our minds and the minds of our guests. I can't wait to dig deeper into some of the important topics that we have planned. I also just want to mention that I did go to school to be a therapist, but I am in no way, shape, or form trying to therapize you in any way. This podcast is for entertainment, information purposes only, and most importantly, it is meant to bring people together. I am certainly no expert. I would say that I'm more of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, but hey, we're all in this adventure of life together. And I want to be here to help bring awareness in any way possible to help you on your mental health journey. I know for me, being able to relate to others really helps me get through some tough times. So if you're listening and this podcast helps you in any way, my purpose for the podcast has been fulfilled. Yeah, for sure. Um, That's what it's all about for me. Um, I'm super excited to to get this going. Uh, And I encourage anybody who hasn't listened to the pilot episode of the podcast to go back and take a listen uh, so you can hear more about the goals of this podcast and kind of get to know me and Stephanie a little bit more and our background. Um, I think as we move along this, we, we, we hope that you can, that you can do more to, to, we can, we can like let you know us a little bit more. Um, I want the listeners to feel like they know me and can open up and share with us um, either via email or social media or whatever. Um, however they they want to talk to us so um, as Stephanie alluded to that's what it's all about um, uh, helping people and and a community of sharing knowledge and support Um, so so I'm pretty excited about all that Uh, so Stephanie I know there's something you wanted to read at the beginning of this episode um, in honor of maybe the new year yeah so I read this quote today and in honor of the new year and the new decade I had to share So it says, when you start to feel like things should have been better this year, remember the mountains and valleys that got you here. They are not accidents. And those moments were not in vain. You are not the same. You have grown and you are growing. You are breathing. You are living. You are wrapped in endless, boundless grace. And things will get better. There is more to you than yesterday. And that was written by Morgan Harbor Nichols. It reminds me to look in the mirror and say, you are enough and you are worth it. And it's true. Every single person has worth and value. We are all worthy of love. Hang in there because even during the darkest times, you will be able to find the light. Yeah, uh, that's very cool. Uh, Thank you for sharing. Um, It's it's a wonderful way to start this, this podcasting journey. Um, I hope people listening can uh, really take that to heart. Um, this world is, is so busy, and it's, it's nice to have little reminders like these things. Um, like, if you follow us on social media, 
basically that's all I ever post at this point um, is uh, little little uh, little reminders to everybody that that they are great and that they um, how to how to deal with general life things so um, and every experience is is about growing in a lot of ways so so as I mentioned, we mentioned in the pilot episode today's podcast is about codependency. So to start, uh, I think the first and most obvious question is, what is codependency? So I want to start out with explaining where the term codependency was born. And it was born in Alcoholics Anonymous, which is a widely known 12-step program that helps people in their recovery journeys from alcohol use disorder. The codependency term was coined when it was used to describe an unhealthy relationship where one spouse or partner took the role of the addicted individual and the other took the role of the enabling person or of the addict. So the enabler does whatever it takes to make sure that the person addicted to alcohol gets their fix while completely ignoring their own needs. However, the enabler does not always enable someone with alcohol use disorder. They could be addicted to anything, really. Sex, drugs, gambling, shopping... It simply means that one partner is working over the top to support the other partner's unhealthy addiction and dysfunction. Families are enmeshed and entangled in each other's business with constant overlapping boundaries. Again, this is where the term was born and it has grown and changed and people kind of identify with it in different ways and it's used to explain different things between friendships and relationships now, not just about people who are struggling with addiction. And codependency is not a diagnosable mental health condition. But I do believe that it is still imperative for us to discuss. I have been digging into the term codependency a lot lately because of my own past. Growing up and even as an adult, I went to Al-Anon meetings, which are meetings similar to 12-step that help adult children of alcoholics heal and also family members. I learned and firmly believed, believed, that codependency was between two people and that I had nothing to do with the problem. But I was totally wrong. Codependency encompasses so much more than I ever thought possible. Yeah, I totally agree um, that codependency is is worth talking about. Um, so I feel it affects probably more people than even realize it, um, partially because a lot, of trauma, a lot of trauma you face as a child, you just, you just kind of think it's real normal life you think that's normal because you don't know anything else um so not like for me to as i got older and i started telling my story or whatever that's when i started realizing like how much trauma i actually faced as a child so um yeah you, you don't really know the effect it has on you so with that said um the next question i have stephanie is how does codependency generally manifest well, I've been learning a lot from this book written by Jeanette Mentor. It's called You're Not Crazy, You're Codependent, and it has helped me heal tremendously. We are providing a link in the show notes just in case anyone wants to check it out. From what the author shares and from what I understand about codependency, it manifests as shame, guilt, worry, trying to change people around you from being angry or upset trying to appear perfect by being easily overwhelmed and having a feeling of constant emptiness, anxiousness, having a fear of rejection and or abandonment. 
Codependency encompasses distortional thinking, including catastrophizing and being ruled by your own feelings instead of coming from a um, excuse me, loving and logical place. So you end up being so scared to change yourself that you try with all your might to change everyone around you. So in the end, we all find out that we really can't change anyone but ourselves. Jared, can you explain what some of the potential causes are for codependency? Codependency is often born into families with addiction, abuse, trauma, and or toxic shaming. Um, and usually is passed down from one generation to the next. Um, children in these homes are generally blamed for their pro- for the problems of the family um, or are told there are no problems, um, like they're left in the dark. Um, family issues are not discussed and may not ever be discussed in a lifetime. The only way to stop the cycle is to make a conscious decision to stop the cycle. Um, to go find a good counselor, to do some work and like close your child, childhood wounds. Yeah. So codependency passes down traits from intergenerational traumas that you might not even be aware of. You are drawn to relationships that remind you of the trauma and or traumas without even knowing it. So maybe you're the person yelling out a window at a cute gal or guy saying, hey, baby, I bet I can fix you. I know we've joked about that. But really, that is honestly what codependency is. You're trying to fix everybody else. People in codependent relationships are unintentionally continuing this cycle of trauma and abuse that happened to them as a child. Something that hit me harder than anything I've ever heard about the codependency term is that the best gift that you can give your children is to heal and to stop the cycle of abuse. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good advice, I'd say, for sure. Um, and one of the first things that popped out at me, out at me doing our research about codependency, um, is the multi generational aspects of it, um, which like basically means that you know what happened to your parents can pass on to the next generation, and that's like totally crazy, and probably has happened to me. I feel like um, so, yeah, it's just super fascinating that part of it. Yeah, so intergenerational trauma could be a whole episode and way more on its own. It's just so interesting how different things can be passed on into our genes and into our DNA, which we just don't even know, don't even understand why we're triggered by certain things. Again, we'll probably talk about that in a future episode. But for now, we're going to talk about codependency and the different roles that it plays in people's lives. So Jared, can you talk about what those roles are? Yeah, according to the research uh, we did on codependency, um, different family members take on different roles. Um, the roles include uh, the person addicted to a substance or behavior, uh, the enabler or caretaker, the hero, the scapegoat, the lost child, and the mascot. Um, these definitions um, are are according to Psych Central, but many people who believe in codependency and addiction mention these same roles. Um, so let's go through this. And so the hero is an overachiever, um, usually a perfectionist and extremely responsible. Uh, this child looks like he has it all together. He tries to bring esteem to the family through achieving an external validation. Uh, he's usually hardworking, he's serious, wants to feel in control. Uh, heroes put a lot of pressure on themselves. They're highly stressed usually often workaholics and type A personalities. Um, another role is the family scapegoat. 
Um, this person is usually blamed for the family problems. Um, a scapegoat acts out and, and temporarily distracts attention away from problems of the addict. Um, he's usually rejected by his parents and doesn't fit in very well. Um, there's usually the other role is a lost child. Um, it's usually a largely invisible to the family. Uh, he or she doesn't get or seek attention. Usually quiet, isolated, spends most of their time in solitary activities, such as watching TV, reading books um, on the internet nowadays, um, and may escape into fantasy worlds. Uh, he copes by flying under the radar, basically. Um, then there's the mascot. This uh, child tries to reduce family stress through humor, usually goofing around or getting into trouble. Uh, he's, he's seen as an immature or a class clown. Uh, humor becomes his defense mechanism, more or less, against feeling pain and fear. Um, so, Stephanie, what about intimate relationships? Uh, how would someone recognize codependency in that? Well, I think they would have to be willing to want to initiate some kind of change in their life to be able to see that there is a problem. Kind of a lot of the times you might have to hit rock bottom or have something significant happen with somebody in your life. And most of the time when people are in a codependent relationship, they cannot see it or they don't want to see it as something that needs to be reconciled. And for some, that's okay. That's totally fine. We are not here to tell you how to live your life. We just want to have an open discussion about the topic. But for others, they might be wanting to change this dynamic within the relationship. And I think that if someone is curious about this, they could ask themselves questions such as, have I ever had excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner? Have I required support on account of an illness or addiction from somebody else? Does my happiness depend on what others think of me instead of what I think about myself? Am I scared of rejection? Am I scared of abandonment? Do I find myself pleasing my partner and feeling angry about it and then really hanging on to that resentment? Do I constantly say yes when I want to say no? Do I know who I am? And I mean, do I really know who I am? Deep down, my hopes, my dreams, my goals. And if somebody asked me, what do I like to do? What do I love about myself? Could I answer that? So if you think about these questions for yourself, and if you can't answer those questions, you might have kind of been struggling with codependency. And you might have an unmet need for approval that has not been healed yet. And I'm a believer that we need to be a whole person capable of being happy and alone with ourselves before we can ever be with a long-term partner. Yeah, so uh, kind of a, another question that I have about that is, uh, is I've always heard that there's some part of codependency that's kind of healthy. Um, so how do you judge what's healthy and unhealthy, I guess, in that? So Jared, I'd have to agree with you. Codependency gets a bad rap, and I think it's because it gets confused with the term interdependency. Codependency is about power and control. One partner is in control while the other feels powerless, and hate and resentment start to build between the couple. Partners have low self-esteem, and their emotions are based on how the other partner is feeling instead of how they are feeling, and it's not based on their internal cues, but the cues of their partner. In an interdependent relationship, partners are able to be independent from each other. 
That is, they can ebb and flow within the relationship. They can do things on their own. It might affect the other, but they can be independent. They can function without being with each other 24-7, and they are not trying to change the other person. Their lives are interconnected. They share power equally instead of one partner taking all of the control. They can be impacted by each other's decisions, but they're able to have their own thoughts, their own feelings about situations without wanting to constantly change their partner's behavior or their personality. They love the other person for who they are. These relationships do not struggle with low self-esteem. Each partner is confident to be open and honest with one another without the aspect of shame and guilt being present. They build each other up. They support one another. They allow differences and they can honor separateness within the relationship. All right, we're going to do this little fun thing where Jared says the codependent relationship aspect, and then I reframe it to an interdependent relationship. Okay, so here we go. So the codependent relationship, having poor or no boundaries. Interdependent would be having healthy boundaries. So the codependent would be feeling guilt or shame for declining a request. Interdependent would be not overextending yourself in the relationship. Codependent would be trying to control your partner's behavior. Interdependent, respecting your partner's choices and opinions. A codependent would be behaving passive, aggressively, or blaming your partner when resentful or angry. Interdependent. Taking personal responsibility for your own behaviors. Codependent would be having no personal interests or goals outside of the relationship. Interdependent is making time for your own personal interests and self-care. Codependent, emotionally manipulating your partner by making them feel guilty when they disagree with you. Interdependent would be giving each other enough space to maintain a sense of self. And the last codependent would be heavily relying on significant other for emotional support. Interdependent, not depending on your partner for feeling worthy. What does it take to be ready for a healthy interdependent relationship, Jared? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is just to being comfortable with who you are. Uh, don't feel like you need a partner to be complete, um, as we kind of mentioned in the previous um, section. Uh, be confident in what you want and be willing to ask for it. Uh, know your boundaries. Um, along with that, when you enter, when you are ready to enter that relationship, be ready to give your partner the same flexibility. Um, let them let them be free in the same way, I guess. Um, so, Stephanie, what should somebody do if they believe they're in a codependency situation? I think you want to be able, you have to be able to want to change. As I mentioned before, if you're in a relationship and you don't know who you are or you feel like your partner is in control of you, you have to make a decision about if it's something you want to change or if you can live with it forever. Some warning signs include putting others' happiness before your own, attempting to gain control in other areas of your life so maybe you are struggling with self-harm, eating disorders, to try and get some control in your own life outside of your challenging relationship. Or if you find yourself always attracted to people who need fixing or constantly attracted to people who need fixing or changing, you can't just love people for who they are. 
you don't spend time doing the things that make you happy. You direct your energy towards what somebody else likes to do all of the time. You use someone else's opinion of you. That holds more weight than it should. So everybody else and what they think of you means way more than it should instead of your own opinion about yourself. Or if you're constantly justifying the actions of someone else to defend their bad habits. And as always, you don't have to seek help alone. There's so many ways that you can get help. You can read books. You can get a counselor, which I think is the most helpful. And you can talk to people around you um, from outside your inner circle, from people who have experience with these things. And like I said, get a counselor. Get a couples counselor. Read some books on codependency. And there are some resources in the show notes if you need some more tips. So Stephanie, I uh, would also like to ask everybody to do us a huge favor. Um, we would love it if you would share this podcast with one person in your life uh, that you feel may need it. Um, it could be a family member, a friend, a coworker, really anyone who may relate to this topic, um, or even just overall the topic of mental health. Um, yeah, it's important that we know that we are all in this together and we can always help each other out. This is one of the many ways that we can bring mental health out of the shadows. Yeah, and remember that if you want to get all of the show, um, you can always contact us via email. Uh, it's the Mind Cruisers Podcast at gmail.com. Um, you should also consider joining our Facebook group. We have a closed support group. Um, it's the Mind Cruisers Podcast. Um, it's a closed group, so uh, your posts, you know, only people see it are in the group. Um, also on Instagram. We have the Mind Cruisers podcast um, that you can join us there and we'll share content on there. Um, you can also follow me on my personal page, which is Wooly Man or Wooly Golfer, I guess, um, <laughs> because I'm, a, I'm an avid golfer. So we'll get into that at some point, maybe. Um, also, Northern State Podcasting, you can follow them on Instagram. And then if you want to follow Stephanie individually, uh, her Instagram is at Steph Mind Cruisers. But please feel free to get in touch with us um, to give us some feedback, uh, show ideas. If you need, if you, even if you just need support or you want to say hello, um, you want to talk to us, we are open and we want to hear from you. Another aspect that we want to include in the show is to tell you the ways in which Jared and I use coping skills that we use for certain issues in our lives. We both have struggled with different things, and for the both of us, one of the ways that we process and cope with suffering is through music. For me, I sing. I love turning the music up loud and belting out the pain. It's one of the most therapeutic things for me, and I enjoy connecting to the lyrics and to just feel the music. I can feel it in my bones. I love connecting with people through music, singing with them, sharing songs with them, talking to them about the meaning of the lyrics. It's just another wonderful way for us humans to understand each other and relate. Yeah, that's right, Stephanie. Uh, music has always been something also very special for me. Uh, I used, I've always used it during times of struggle or, or just, you know, when I was dealing with whatever. Um, and to kind of make me feel like I wasn't alone and also just to put my, my feelings into words. Uh, music 
has a way of breaking down walls and bringing people together. So it's a great tool for, for us while we're facing trauma and struggle in our lives. Indeed. And with that, Jared and I decided to include a segment at the end of each episode with a song that you can hopefully relate to, or maybe it can inspire you or even bring some joy to your day. Yeah, this music will come in different forms. Um, our hope is to play every song, actually play it during the podcast, but it will depend on whether we can do that legally. If we can't do that, we will definitely share you share a link uh, through Spotify or YouTube or whatever we can find. Um, we also, like I said, we'll always try to play it here. So we, we're reaching out to artists and trying to get permission. Yep. And with that said, today we wanted to share a song with you that you heard part of in the opening. The song is written by Keat Eastwood, who is a friend of mine from Dublin, Ireland. My husband Jeff and I met him at a pub when we were visiting Dublin in Ireland for an international social welfare conference that I was attending. Now, I am typically more guarded when it comes to meeting strangers, while Jeff is not. So he was chatting Keith's ear off while I sat in the corner waiting for him to come back with our drinks. They both beckoned for me to come over to the bar, and at first, I was nervous to hang out with a total stranger. But as soon as I started getting to know Keith, we clicked. We dove deep into chatting about our childhoods, what made us who we are, what roles we played in our families, and he was just so easy to talk to. He was just the right amount of emotional depth that I love to learn about people. We hung out with him and his family the next day and have stayed in touch ever since. Keith writes songs about mental health, and he's constantly advocating to bring awareness to those who are struggling. I've seen him fundraise for nonprofits around Ireland on his Facebook page, and I admire his commitment to the mental health movement. The song in our intro is called Follow the Light. It is written, played, and sung by Keat. If you want to hear or follow Keat's musical journey, there's a link connected to our podcast at the end of the show. Thank you, Keat, for allowing us to share your music with the world. Slancha. Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, Keith, Keith. Is it Keat or Keith? So when you're Irish, you don't say H's, so it's Keat. Okay. <laughs> so, so I also want to thank Keith for allowing us to use his music and for his message. Um, like when I heard this song, like instantly I was a fan. So uh, just really cool. I think it's this is a message that needs to be put out in the world. Um, and it's great to see him and, and hopefully many more artists uh, doing the same thing. Um, bringing that in. So yeah, please do check him out on Facebook. Um, I'll put that link in the show notes. Um, we will play Keith's song here in just a minute. We just have a one more thing to do. So with that out of the way, we wanted to conclude the show by saying thank you for listening. And please remember to subscribe so you can get reminders when our newest show comes out. The plan for now is to release a new episode each month. Yeah, so that means... Uh, we will have another episode available around the same time in February. Um, and Stephanie, do you want to tell the people what the topic of that show will be? I think we should. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, I'll let you do the honors. Great. Next month's show topic will be Seasonal Affective Disorder, also known as SAD. Awesome. That is for sure something... Who, for people who live in our area, at least, of the United States, which is Washington, um, and likely anybody who lives in a colder climate um, what is affected by. 
Um, although, as you will find out in the episode, if you listen, um, it doesn't only affect winter or cold areas. So be on the lookout for that. Um, in the meantime, please let us know how we can help you. Um, again, thanks for listening. Um, and please be kind to one another. Also, please stick around for this beautiful song by Keith. Thank you, Stephanie, for podcasting with me. Thank you, Jared. We will see you all next time. Follow the light We'll take you away from your darkest night, I know I swear, cause I've been there Struggles in the darkness to a brighter day, I know. I swear, cause I've been there. Just smile, it'll be worthwhile when you wake up and everything's fine. The light above is shining upon you, but you just gotta give it some time. Hold your head up, hold your head up, hold your head up, up to the sky.